We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's another live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. And Emprise Bank debit card is good anywhere. Why worry about the nearest building when you can pick a trusted company that cares about the Casey Metro? Debit card options to choose from, a new mobile app with all kinds of features. Emprise Bank goes wherever you go and can be your trusted partner wherever you live. All three of us live different places, and I'm very excited to be partnering with them on this fine program. Uh, it's a big day in Kansas City, a major free agent acquisition today, as Zach Granke returns to the Kansas wrong, City Royals. Wrong, Woo! Let's talk about it. Podcast. Wrong podcast. Here to help me talk Jeez. about Zach Granke. No. Our my dear pals, first find him on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Go Royce. <laughs> Maddie's just not going to talk. He's just not going to talk because <laughs> it's about baseball. No. Don't no, have a smile, Kent. You have been the angriest I have ever seen you all day in the DMs. At one point in time, I was on a phone call and there must have been 40 messages that came across the DMs that were in all caps of Kent just being angry at nothing, just angry. Like, Ken is fed up with free agency, like I'm sure many of you are, judging by what Twitter and the KCSN Discord looks like right now. So we, we got to get into this a little bit, Greg. Yeah, yeah, we definitely do. Um, everybody, it seems, made moves in the AFC. Nobody in the NFC. Everybody in the AFC went out of their way. I believe between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills, more money has been doled out by those two teams than the entirety of of the NFC in free agency so far this year. And those guys aren't even the, yeah, you know, I mean, they're big spenders and all that, but my goodness, just everybody is loading up to try and stop the chiefs. I mean, that's what it is. The chiefs well, no, here's the my AFC. question for you, Craig. This yeah, is my question yeah. for you. Okay, How come it. even at the age of like 90 people are afraid to play against Tom Brady, but are just flocking to go try to beat Patrick Mahomes. Why are people so terrified of Tom Brady? They won't even stay in the NFC when he's your age, but they want to come face Patrick Mahomes in his prime. Okay, so here, here's the difference. When Tom Brady was in New England, you had three very inept franchises that were in his division with him. Now that Tom Brady has moved to the NFC South, well, you got the Falcon, well, the Panther, well... No, you got three very in that franchise that are still listen. 
Chiefs have seen some GM turnover with the Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. That Those teams are all in. They know what it takes. They know what they got to do to try and run with the Chiefs and Mahomes and so do the Buffalo Bills. We are seeing the very byproduct of that. Make no mistake, Chiefs being in four straight AFC Championship games, this is directed. This is these teams doing everything they can to be one of those teams that's in the AFC Championship game to try and knock off the Chiefs. It, it is. It's all about them. It really is all about them, and they are loading up right now. The AFC is fed up <laughs> with the Chiefs. I don't blame them. I mean, this team has just absolutely gone out and, and, and I mean, it's four straight AFC championship speaks or speak for itself. Um, you know, on the doorstep of, you know, four Super Bowl appearances, uh, you would kind of wish that it was more at this point because, yeah, it feels like this team is in very much, uh, a state of change, uh, as you're kind of seeing, I think to this point, because they are getting outbid very aggressively, or maybe they're not even getting outbid. Maybe they just aren't, uh, maybe looking to invest in some of the positions of need that they seem to have at this point. This is going to be a very fascinating conversation today without, you know, the, the chiefs have added Justin Reed. Um, they've, they've made that move. Uh, Craig and Maddie spent a little bit of time, uh, you know, breaking that down. Yeah. It's Real a great move. move. It's a very okay. good move. It's a good start. I was I was just kind of expecting to see a little bit more to this point, uh, and that's kind of I, I just want to talk about the edge rusher group because I think there's mm-hmm. there's two ways to kind of look at it right now. It's you know the Chiefs didn't invest in these guys, but the AFC did, and you know we can start with Chandler Jones. I think Chandler Jones is the first one um, off the board today. Uh, very surprising contract, I believe seventeen and a half million dollar APY on that contract. Maddie, would you have done that move if you were the Chiefs? Or is it just a matter of, oh my, yeah, you're good. You can have them. Would I? Yes. I think it would have been worth it. It's he's very good right now. Three years. I don't remember the exact details of the contracts. Like, I don't know if you have to be wrapped in for all three. Were you getting out after two? Like, I think there was, you know, there's some little stuff there given his age, but generally speaking, I think the price for him is phenomenal. The Raiders improved their defensive end room. Like Chandler Jones is better than Yannick Ngakwe. Like he's a better rusher oh, yeah. and he's much better versus the run. Like they got better. You still, mm-hmm. we don't have to spend much time on him because it hasn't happened now. But I mean, Khalil Mack makes the Chargers better. Like, and then we got the Broncos. Um, they're making Randy like, Gregory. Randy Gregory's coming in and just a pass rusher, not much of a run defender, but he's out there. He's better. The entire AFC West got better. And then you add Chandler Jones as that big one in the AFC West. And like I said, I think I would have done that deal. I understand why the chiefs didn't though. The chiefs are not going to pay an old player. They are not. If they do, it's a one year deal. And if you're Chandler Jones, why go play for one for 17 for the chiefs? When you can go play three for 17 a year from somebody else, that's going to give you more guaranteed money. I get why it didn't happen for the Chiefs, even though I would have. I mean, yeah, that's the the theme of this podcast is the theme of free agency. And therefore, this podcast is Brett Veach does not pay olds in the open market. Yeah, <laughs> or he'll corners. Sign some of, or, or corners. Or, well, we'll get to that. But, <laughs> you know, he, he does not play old players in the open market. He'll keep some of his own. Travis Kelsey. Mitch Schwartz. I think he's about to pay Tyree Kill. Not that Tyree Kill is old by any means, but if they extend him for a long period of time, he might be getting up there in age. But in the open market, 
this is not a situation where Brett Veach is willing to spend a lot of money on players on longer term deals. And what we saw in the open market for because there were a lot of pass rushers that were out there. It was Chandler Jones, Vaughn Miller. You know, you you had a lot of these older guys, and all of them got longer deals. Yeah, some of it's fake. There's some of that stuff that's going to be truncated, but two, three years at minimum for a lot of these guys. And Brett Veach doesn't want to commit those sort of assets to players over 28. I mean, I think we can safely say it's, it's around 28 at this point. So if you're a player that's 29 or older, you're probably not on the Chiefs radar. And it's a little bit frustrating from a team building standpoint because there are some rigid things that this team does between Spagnuolo's edge profile, between the way that they pursue cornerbacks, and now apparently the age of the players that they're willing to target in free agency. So it makes you boxed in. But this, if this free agency taught us anything, those good edge rushers, when they needed them, when they need a guy opposite of Frank Clark, and they were not in on them for a long-term deal, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know because they could have easily cleared the cap and easily played in that market. Uh, two quick things. Uh, if you like what you're watching right now, go ahead and click the subscribe button on the YouTube page. If you're watching on the YouTube, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We'd appreciate it. Thank you, everybody that's watching live with us. It's, it's wonderful. Also, if you are excited about the draft or as excited about the draft as we are, go to gum.co slash KCSN22. You can get the KC draft guide, uh, which will release on April 11th. And it gives you 225 write-ups on prospects and specifically how they fit the Chiefs. You also get six months uh, to the KCSN Substack, which is a ton of premium content that we're churning out. Uh, so yeah, gum.co slash KCSN22. It's also in the link or it's in the description of this podcast. If you're listening to it, it's also in the description of the YouTube video if you're listening to it. So uh, we would really appreciate the support uh, by hitting the subscribe button on YouTube. And if you want to uh, you want to hit up uh, the, the draft guide, that would also be really cool of you. And I promise you, you will not regret it. Um, okay, so I've I, this has been a this has been a I, I, Maddie kind of joke that I was kind of tweeting through it today. And well, we can't. Are you, I hope you're not about to not talk about the bills. Oh, I'm, I, OK, we can go. We can go to the bills first if you really want. I mean, I, well, I think it all ties together. It all ties together. Yeah, it does. Because we're talking about, you know, we're talking about you know, the Chiefs in, in, the, in, the, in the edge rusher position. They had to go get, I don't want to say they got lucky on Melvin Ingram. They didn't get lucky on Melvin Ingram last year. But they didn't spend enough on Melvin Ingram last year to justify, you know, to, 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 to warrant him coming here at the beginning. They had to go and trade a draft pick to bring him in. He changed the complexion of that front. He was he was great uh on on that, you know, he he was he was a great contributor last year. But the Chiefs kind of I don't want to say they got lucky, but they had to pay for the sins. They had to pay a 6 round 6 round pick because they didn't invest or see the value in him earlier in the uh early in the season. The the Chiefs are worse today at pass rusher then a bad team or a bad pass rush this you know at the at the end of their season and we're sitting here and there's an arms race in the AFC not only are the chiefs not investing in their pass rush but you're seeing all these moves across the AFC at the pass rush position chandler uh, uh von miller seems like the last domino 
of the free agent pass rushers, the last big one, correct me if I'm wrong, to fall. Von Miller goes to the number one contender in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, on a, a, a somehow not a Taysom Hill deal. It's six years and $120 million, but there's actually real money in it for like the next three. <laughs> um, that was the last big domino to fall. And I mean, that's a big one. And that's, I mean, look, I Von Miller was good at the end of the last year for the Rams. This is a legitimate pass rusher uh, and a legitimate player that she, that the the Bills have added, and not the Chiefs, Maddie. Well, and I'm gonna go ahead and lump uh, Zadarius Smith going to the Ravens, and with just this conversation too, because the Ravens two years ago were in the playoffs. A lot of people saw them as a major contender, and last year they had all the injuries. So, two of your big competitors with the other. MVP caliber quarterbacks in the AFC have added premier pass rushers or what they hope is going to be a premier pass rusher for this upcoming season. Like they have taken their pass rush that was probably already on par, if not better than the Chiefs and added more to it this offseason. And the Chiefs haven't made a move at this point in time. We're going to transition to the Chiefs in a second. But I mean, you look around the AFC, it's like every single team showed up to a meeting and said, hey, we need to beat the Chiefs. What do we think the best way to do that is? And everybody decided it was getting two pass rushers. Now, I, Baltimore doesn't have a second one yet, but Buffalo has drafted AJ Epinesa in the past three seasons. They drafted um, Gregory Rousseau last year. Now they're going out and signing Von Miller. It's like every team decided, get two pass rushers, go play the Kansas City Chiefs. And that seems what everyone's doing. Then the Chiefs losing out on Zadarius Smith, losing out at Von Miller, the last two guys that were needle movers uh, out there on the edge market, that, that does seem like it stings a little bit when they are dealing with essentially a guy that they asked to take a massive pay cut to be their only defensive end with real experience. I mean, Mike Dana's played. Like, you can't take that away from him, but he's a rotational player, and it doesn't really look like he's ready for the next step. The Chiefs have one defensive end that is like a true starter and they just to keep him they asked him to take a massive pay cut you really would have liked to see them make the move that every other team in the AFC West made the Baltimore Ravens made the Buffalo Bills made it's like it, you know it looks like they are being lapped in the pass rush department at the very least right now sure it does it definitely does and I mean that brings me back to what I was saying all those guys are over you know 28 29 30 and so these teams were willing to invest in it, knowing that they were getting a good player for at least one or two years because their window is now for the Chiefs. And so that's why the focus is to show up, try and beat the Chiefs. Hey, Chiefs, look at the right tackle market. It's, it's very it's very cheap right now. There's a whole bunch of guys on it. Address that position as well. They also, I think you're seeing kind of a correction because the Chiefs did not invest in offensive line, you know, significantly, especially on the interior for a number of years. And then they go out last year and they make significant improvements to their offensive line. All these teams that we're talking about, all these AFC contenders, the Kansas City Chiefs, bar none, have the best offensive line that can be out there. And they could add a right tackle to even get better. So should. in that scenario, that yeah, should. In that scenario, you're looking at it, it's like, okay, now no longer we can get by with an elite guy and another secondary guy and try to get to Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes is going to be insulated here all of a sudden, and he, they're going to have this stud offensive line. We have to have all the horses that we can up front because we can't blitz him because you're not going to leave guys open. I fully believe the chiefs are going to address wide receiver two at some point, making their offense better. So you can't blitz him. You can't just leave two guys over the top and not 
get a good rush on him. So teams are looking at this and going, listen, if the Chiefs are going to invest so much in offensive line, we have to invest in pass rush because there's no other way that we're going to be able to sit back in two high shells and still be able to get pressure on Mahomes, still force him off his spot and still disrupt their offense the way that we can from too high. So it's just all these ripple effects. And unfortunately, now the Chiefs are sitting here with three defensive ends, one of whom plays significant snaps, Mike Dana, who hasn't played a ton, and Josh Kando, who got hurt last year and was a very raw rookie who clearly needs some development. Those are the only three guys that have played significant or any NFL snaps in their defensive rotation on the defensive end room. And the defensive tackles aren't a whole lot better. So, I mean, it's it's a rough defensive line as it stands as of 8-16, March 16th right now. So it, it's just rough when you look at it, especially compared to what everybody else did. Well, I think the other thing that's interesting to me is it doesn't seem like the Chiefs were all that in on these pass rushers because some of the in, you know some of the reports and indications. I'm not saying all of them because I can't speak definitively, but some of them undoubtedly the Chiefs were not in because they I mean reported were not in. They were not one of the four finalists for I believe Chandler Jones, for instance. So, uh, and Chandler Jones seemed like a pretty good fit uh, for for the Chiefs. So you know. That's that's interesting to me uh, that, you know, some of the guys that we're hearing, it doesn't really seem like the Chiefs were all that involved. Um, and here's the other thing that I, 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 as I'm thinking and processing all this, you know, we're looking and we talk all the time about aggressive corrections. Brett Veach has been very intent on aggressively correcting what ailed his team the year prior. And, you know, we talked about the offensive line resurgence, completely overhauling the defense. Um, you know, he has made big swings to fix problems in the past in between winning a Super Bowl um, and running it back. Yeah. Um, I, the wide receiver market is still extremely unsettled mm -hmm. and there are big names out there. It makes me wonder if the aggressive correction in this team's eyes from a free agency perspective was wide receiver. And it's funny because here, and this is what's interesting to me. Like we heard Brett Veach talk all the way. You know, we, it's always going to start up front. We got to address the defensive line. It's going to be our priority. Yeah, yeah. Well, they missed out on the entire first wave of pass rushers. There's really not a ton of great guys behind them. And the wide receiver market still has a lot of big names. It's a very unsettled group with some names that the Chiefs are very actively tied to. That's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um for a lot of different reasons maybe they're just trying to outspend their you know like there's there's an old budgeting term like you, you can't outspend your problems the chiefs might be trying to outspend their problems with all these defenses loading up by just scoring 100 mm -hmm. <laughs> like they, they they might just be making big aggressive swings on the offensive side of the football maddie i don't know do you think that do you think the big swings are going to happen do you think the aggressive correction is going to happen on offense now not really. I, I think they're definitely going to add a wide receiver. I think that's always been in the plan. And I think if they go out and sign, so th this is something that I kind of have come up with throughout the day as it's happened. If the Chiefs go out and sign a Jarvis Landry, so help me God, but if they do that or they sign Juju Smith-Schuster, I, I will sit here and I will say they clearly have a plan at defensive end that they have been enacting on this entire time. Whether it was trying to sign as a Darius Smith or a Chandler Jones or Von Miller or whoever, and they missed, 
or they have another move prepared. And I'm sure we are going to talk about the big one that everyone wants to talk about right now. And Daniel Hunter here in a second, but we'll get if there. they sign one of those two guys, then I think there's a, there was another plan at defensive end. If they go sign Allen Robinson, I'm not saying there is no plan for defensive end, but that will almost to me feel like they're saying, Hey, don't look at what we missed on. Come look at this shiny object over here. You guys have been pining for, for the past four seasons. These, I don't see how they are going to spend big on defensive end and spend on big on Allen Robinson. They can financially, they can, but everything we've heard is talked about how tightly strapped they are and the cash it's coming directly, you know, from people that touch, talk to the team from Brett Veach's mouth. I'm not saying it's true. We know they can make the money available, but I just, I'd be a little timid if they did go assign Allen Robinson right now to a big contract. And it's just kind of like a, Hey, we missed out on what we wanted. So we're going with the next best thing, which is ignoring defense altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately that would, I, I hope that's not the move. Obviously. Yes. They, they can do both. Um, but yeah, the focus seems to be at least on the offensive side of the ball, just from a 30,000 foot view here. They're not really tied in. Obviously they made the move for Justin Reed at safety, a necessary one, a good one. That's a quality move. Don't want to be down on the entire free agency. I don't want to lump him in with all of that, but it is also one of those things. We are now, Four days into free agency, most of the wide receivers have not come off the board. And the ones that have, have largely been overpaid. Thank you, Jacksonville. So uh, we know that the Chiefs are <laughs> deep in contract talks with Tyreek Hill per Ian Rappaport earlier today. James Palmer has mentioned it as well. Tom Pelissero has mentioned it. Guys, that means it's happening. That contract is going to happen deep in talks makes me think it's sooner rather than later so i do think that they've got their guys they want to lock them up they want to lock up orlando brown jr there's going to be a lot of money funneling through the offense this offseason i am just very curious what value they place on that wide receiver too is it Allen robinson a guy that can go and win at the line of scrimmage be a true x open everything up or is it Juju Smith-Schuster, a little bit of a step down, defined role for him? Or is it all the way down to Jarvis Landry? And if it's Jarvis Landry, the Chiefs are, I think, willingly at that point, skimping and saving and trying to just fill as many things in the mid to low tier of free agency and in the draft, which is not the way that Brett Veach has gone about anything in his tenure so far. It would be a, a stark step back, not necessarily a bad one. I'm not trying to say it's wrong by any means, but it would be a stark step back from what he has done prior to now. Do we, all right. So do we, we'll talk about Daniel, Daniel Hunter, I guess maybe at the end of this thought and I'll just, that might be a good transition into it, but like, it is. I do think this is a stark difference to what Brett Veach has done in the past. I am starting to get the vibe that this offseason is going to be different than what he has done in the past. And a little bit of that might just be kind of resetting this core a little bit because they are. Uh, because, I mean, they they got rid of, you know, Anthony Hitchens. It doesn't seem like Tyron Matthews back. Those are two big key cogs on the defensive side of the football. They restructured Frank Clark all the way down to next to, you know, like basically the same, like about the cost to cut him. Um, you know, so there's, you know, there's, yeah, I, like they're, they're, they're making some moves and they're making some transitions. I just, I'm looking at it and by now every year, we 
pretty much known that there's going to be a, there's a big move that the Chiefs have made. You know, the, the Chiefs have made a big move. The Chiefs have made a statement with a big acquisition. And maybe I'm underselling the Justin Reed. Signing. I was going to say, I think you might be underselling Justin <laughs> the Justin Reed signing because I'm not sure the team doesn't see that as important as the Tyron Matthew signing back in 2019. You listen to how they so, talked too. about it. You've listened to how some of the people talked about his character, his leadership, his intelligence, what he can do. I'm not saying he's going to be the same player or utilize this exact same way by any means, but you look at Steve Spagnuolo's defense since he's been back with the Giants and now the Chiefs. You look at where the Chiefs have invested. They invest in safety. Safety is a position they invest cash. They invest draft capital. That's a position they care about. So to go out and pay a guy the first night when they could or you know agree to a, a deal on that first night it wasn't small money. It's a young guy. They gave him a three-year deal. Like I do think for them, that was a splash signing. I mean, I would agree. I think that is a splash signing for how important that position is going to be for this defense. It feels, though, that they have way more work to do. And like, It's splashier could... than Joe Tooney. Uh, way splashier than Joe Tooney. Oh, Just less it. money. I Just less that. money, but splashier. I liked. I really like the idea of Joe. I'm sorry, but we know where I stand on paying offensive guards left tackle money. Let's see here. Talk no, let's about talk money about it issues. this way. From this point last year, the Chiefs had signed Joe Tooney, and that's it. <laughs> we yeah. were we were looking yeah. at this offensive line, going, "What the hell are they going to do?" Like they they right. just got done cutting Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz. They didn't have anybody on the interior. We didn't know what the hell they were going. They just missed out on Trent Williams, who's like the only free agent that Brett Veach has tried to get over thirty. So it, it, you know we were kind of sitting here going, "All right, well, offensive line got worse. How are they going to fix it? Surely they're not going to do this in the draft. They go and trade for Orlando Brown." At a plan in the draft, so I do think stuff is coming. I don't think that this, you know, that it's just no nothing. But it's I not mean, that it's nothing. It's just it's this the the situation around this football team feels a lot more in flux than it ever has. The, at least for certainly me the, the AFC didn't make the moves to try and just come at the Chiefs in the way that they have this. Yeah, okay, it's let's weird. talk like, plan though. Let's talk what their plan might be based on what's happened. Then, like, if we mm -hmm. think they're in flux. Let's talk about what they're looking at this off. They're coming into this offseason. They know that they need to work on the defensive line. They have two guys on the defensive line that belong starting. And I know people are going to argue about Frank Clark deserving a starting role. So we can call it one and a half. They have one and a half guys in the defensive line that's starting. They have one corner that should be starting, one safety that should be starting. They know this coming in. So like mm -hmm. they clearly have some kind of plan. I think we all know we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. The cornerback room, they're going to pay a couple veterans like $3 million to come in and Probably. compete. They're going to limp along. It'll only impact them three games a year when they play good offenses. Uh -huh. but And that's what it's going to be. So, like, the yep. cornerback room, just throw it out. But, like, they knew their holes. Like, what do we think they're trying to attack as this free agency goes on? Well, I, here, real quick, yeah. though, there's another factor in all of this that, like, as we're considering all this, because they're trying to get this thing done, or they're they're planning on trying to get something done with Orlando Brown, and they're trying planning on trying to get something with Tyreek Hill. That's another factor in all of this. Cash, whatever, whatever you want to call it, there's other factors that they haven't had to deal with on top of bigger holes. We're talking about corner and safety and, and defensive end and interior defensive lineman next to Chris chris jones and right tackle and wide receiver too like we're talking about all this need and they're also trying to take care of the guys that are already on the roster too so i i sorry i just had to add that layer because mm -hmm. like that's i think when you look at the totality of what this offseason is there's a lot, a lot of there's a lot there's more and there's more mm -hmm. coming from all different directions and which, patrick mahomes continues to get more and more expensive now 
paying, yes, he does. You're paying for some of the sins of some of the free agent misses. Frank mm-hmm. Clark, Anthony Hitchens, dead cap. I mean, or, I you mean, know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now Chris Jones is the second highest cap hit of any defender in the league this year. I mean, he yes. is just behind TJ Watt. I mean, there there's a lot of stuff that comes from all of this. And it is hard when you have rigid roster construction stuff, whether the type of defensive end that you're going to be after, the age of the player that you're going to be after, your value in cornerbacks. It is hard to fill some of this stuff. If you are, you know, kind of adhering to some of the rigid things that it appears, you know, from from as far back as we are, that that it's going to be. They're still a good football team. They're still going to be a good football team. And like Maddie said, there's going to be a plan. And the plan could be, let's get to him, Daniil Hunter, who the Vikings, after they restructured Kirk Cousins, I think everybody went, oh, Daniil Hunter off the board. They're going to keep him. He just makes sense. It's going to be something that he ne- they need to do to try and retain him, keep him happy, keep a good pass rusher, their best pass rusher, keep him in-house. Now all of a sudden the report is Daniel Hunter could be traded. This has Brett Veach written all over it. He's a young player. He is coming off of two injuries here. A guy that had a neck injury in 2020, came back from that neck injury, played six and a half games before he tore a peck but in that six and a half games had six sacks and 21 pressures. That is outrageously effective pass rushing. So the neck was not bothering him. Now, I don't know what the compensation is. I don't know if it's one of those things where Brett Veach has to come off of pick 30. I don't know if it's one of those things like the Orlando Brown trade where they can work something out to move back into the second round, kind of where they picked up, you know, the guys that they did last year get two second round picks, just basically trade back. I don't know what that looks like. It just, based on what we've seen, this seems like a very Brett Veach move to go out, get Daniel Hunter, bring him to Kansas City, and just be effective. 
much like McAdoodles, is going to be effective in the summer of this year. Coming to Lee's Summit, Missouri. Great selection, great prices, great customer service. You've heard me talk about it all the time. McAdoodles is awesome. We're getting one in Kansas City. You want one wherever you are, get a hold of Roger, info at macadoodles.com. And hopefully, you can get more to Kansas City, just like we're hoping Brett Veach can bring more free agents and more good players to Kansas City to help build out this roster. So, yeah, broad I'm, sense. I'm, go ahead. Go. No, go, Manny. You got it. I was saying, broad sense, you're coming into the offseason as Brett Veach. You know what we talked about. You have one and a half defensive linemen that belong as starters on your roster. You're looking for how you can make the biggest splash. I like the Melvin Ingram signing last year, or the trade last year. I thought it worked well. They should bring him back. He's still another half guy. He's still just giving you another half. I don't think Melvin Ingram should be a full-time starter at this point. And, you know, I know some people are probably going to be upset, but, like, he's not quite at that level up with his age. So, And you want you not... want to keep him fresh to continue to do what yeah. he's good at. Yeah. You bring him in and Frank Clark to split your snaps. You know, you can even slight some toward, more towards Clark because he's always kind of been a workhorse as of late for the Chiefs. That's fine. But, like, yeah, those two guys split it, but you need somebody across from them. You need a defensive tackle. You're just looking at the totality. You're looking at a bunch of old guys, a bunch of old veterans. The good pass rushers are old veterans. You're not Brett Veach. You're not spending on them. A bunch of the mid-tier guys are young, but they're light. They don't fit what Steve Spagnuolo mm -hmm. likes to do. And whether I agree with the philosophy or not, he's just not going to play them. They're not They're not an option. So you're looking at it. It's pay Zadarius Smith when he gets cut. It's pay one of these old guys or start looking for trade candidates. Daniel Hunter is a prime trade candidate. So you start looking around. What is the best bang for your buck? Is it paying Zadarius Smith with a potentially bad back right up against your age limit that you do or do not like you know, the contract he got? Or is it trading whatever it may be for Daniel Hunter and working out his contract? Is it trying to figure out how to trade up in the draft? You have to kind of do this assessment. And you know, depending on what the value is, you can easily convince me that Daniel Hunter is 100% the best value for what the Chiefs are looking for. He fits the age. He is a little light, but generally generally fits the size thresholds by Steve Spagnuolo. So he's a guy that fits. And if you're not trading multiple first-round picks for him, which coming off back-to-back -back injured years, I don't see how you, you possibly not. could. Right, I don't see how you possibly could. I don't even know if a first-round pick is going to be required given the history. It's like, I could see how that's the best they could do and why they would slow play the defensive and free agency market. Like I could buy that logic. Here's okay. So we'll, we'll, let's we do it. Have, Kent. Let's well, do it, buddy. <laughs> tell, us, tell us why it's bad in a vacuum. I don't think it's bad. No, no, no. Tell like, us. Just listen. Just listen in a vacuum. I look at, okay. Yeah. Don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, no, this is genuinely how I feel. I am sick of the chiefs paying to pay or paying for the right to pay people. I am sick of them taking draft capital and and throwing a lot of draft capital so they can pay top dollar to players that have not played up to that potential because they invested and went all in on Frank Clark and gave him top of market money. And Frank Clark was not worth top of market money. I know they won a Super Bowl the first year, but that first year was a mess. People, I don't, I don't think people forget. People remember. It's been a very tumultuous time ever since Frank Clark put pen to paper. And I know like he was very good in Seattle and like process. Maybe we don't have to completely, you know, diss on the process entirely, but yeah, the Chiefs didn't get very much out of, you know, they didn't get the value out of Frank Clark that they had. Okay. Orlando Brown, they do the same thing. They give up their first round pick. They, you know, they trade some assets. They switch a few back and forth. It winds up being roughly the value of like the 38th 
42nd pick, somewhere in that range. Okay, cool. You paid for the right to pay Orlando Brown, who's probably going to be top of market, roughly top of market, get top five tackle money because you spent so much draft capital on him. You lost a little bit of leverage doing that. I don't know if he's the top five tackle in the National Football League, but he's going to get pretty good payday. So we're sitting here, and this is the, the second year, that, or the, we're sitting here again, and the Chiefs are going to spend a bunch of draft capital to go invest in an expensive pass rusher. And like, I think you could look at one of these moves in a, in, in a vacuum and say, okay, that makes sense. But this team has lost opportunity costs when it comes to their draft capital. There's And it's still cap space too. Like that cap could have been diversified across the roster, could have been added in other places. You don't have to pay draft capital to pay a tackle. Now, mm-hmm. they've put themselves in corners at times. Part of this philosophy and part of the way that they've operated is sometimes they put themselves in corners. Obviously, I'm not like I think you can give a little bit of grace with Brett Veach on the left tackle situation last year because all the left tackles wind up having short arms <laughs> in the draft. And it would have been Sam Cosme. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we would have been looking at Sam yeah, Cosme. You said that they could do other stuff, but I don't know, man. I'm looking back at the guys that could have replaced Frank Clark in the draft or the guys that could have replaced Orlando Brown in where they drafted. It, they're not there. Like you are not replacing what they brought to the team when you made those trades because you're picking at the end of every single round every single year. I get it. I'm I'm not, I don't love the philosophy of that is your goal. If that is a thought process when you're planning out for a year or two, I'm absolutely with you, but I love draft picks as much as the next person, but looking at what the chiefs had to fix at defensive end, they needed a guy to one come in and reset that culture of that defensive line room to be ready to be the guy on day one. You're not picking that at pick 30. You're not getting that in the draft. You're not getting it in this draft. Everyone wants to talk about how you can get a defensive in this draft. You're not getting a guy to come in and be your best defensive end at pick 30 in this draft. Oh, it's, it's not and I will happening. say, like, I'm a big Jason Owa guy. We were all big Jason Owa guys. Jason mm-hmm. Owa, and I think we might have even said this on the show. I can't remember. I don't remember anything anymore. Jason Owa doesn't solve your pass rush issue at pick 30. He's but, nice. You but, still want like, a number one, though. But it's yeah. just like I think if you look in totality of how they operate, they don't value swings in the draft. They they've made exactly six picks every year, so they don't really deva- they don't value diversification of their assets when it comes to that. They don't give themselves more opportunities to potentially land more guys that can fill this roster. They whiffed on the first draft that they had. They're paying for the sins of the 2018 draft. And I think sometimes you know what the thing that scares me about this free agency period is you listen to some of the talking heads. Uh, and some of the reports out there from NFL Network, and it's well, the Chiefs really don't have a ton of money right now. They can move some money around, sure they can, but they don't have a ton of that. Yeah, okay. Everyone in the world knows that they can move money around. Yeah. Why <laughs> is the line of ah, they're they're tied up against it? You know, like that 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 line, both sides of that line are used conveniently. They're used as you know. Well, hey, look, guys, don't panic. There's there's moves that we could there's moves this football team can still make because there's cap space. Or it's oh darn it, this, it's the cap. We're we're right up against it. So it he feels like it. he did this last year too. It feels like I, the Chiefs are using. It feels like some of the media are lo- using the line of well, the Chiefs are just right up against it. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, so I just, in conjunction with everything we're talking about here and just, I, it feels like maybe they're paying a little bit of the, for the sins of some of the bad process in the past this year too. I don't know. Now that being said, all that extra money that you save by not paying it to these top dollar players, who, who are you spending on? Because they could have spent that money on guys this off season and chose not to like, I mean, they, that's the way that, that I look at it as well. Again, strict roster construction stuff. That's what I'm 
stuck on with with free agency this year strict roster construction stuff you got to have guys that come out that just kind of fit fit exactly what you're looking for and then you've got to pay them top dollar and if there's guys that are out there that you like and that you're looking for brett veach has found ways to get them anyway like they they've not been super hamstrung by the cap or at least not appearing to be super hamstrung by the cap. Hell, they had $177 in 2020, and they moved heaven and earth to make sure that they paid Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones that offseason. If they want to get stuff done, they will get it done. So I, I understand what you're coming from. I understand that, you know, then you end up with all that money. Hell, maybe you end up spending like Jacksonville just to get guys because you got to get guys and I don't that's think not that, a good I don't process think that happens. <laughs> you have Patrick I, Mahomes. Right, but I mean I, what what I is know. what is having Patrick Mahomes mean for the spending money part because from Nothing. what we've seen nobody takes discounts Nothing. to come play in Kansas City. Nobody, nobody takes discounts to play with Josh Allen either. I love that there was that tweet afterwards, oh people want to come and play in Buffalo. No, Bob Miller the only six year 120 million dollar contract. Come on now. He gets discount contracts to Tom Brady. You can't convince me otherwise. That's the only yeah. person in the NFL that gets people to come play in discount contracts. And I don't mm -hmm. know why or how, but he does. Does Tom uh, just throw a little money under the table? He just he offers just funneling cash. Is he, he just put, offers free TB12 method. Methods. He just he offers he shares in TB12. That's what is, it is. Is. Is, he, is. He's just sneaking a little, like, is he starting Roths for all these guys? Or I gotta, we need to get off the things, but we can't get out of here before this. Comp, what do we think Daniel Hunter goes for? Or better yet, like, what is what you, what is a good offer that you think you would offer up for him? I... I have said this before. I said this in the KCSN Discord. I think that they would be willing to stack a couple of years on the end of the contract. You'd have him for four years, essentially. The option to have him for four years until he was 31 at that point. If that's the case, I would do the same deal that they did with Orlando Brown Jr. Trade a first and a third for the Minnesota Vikings second. It's much earlier than the Baltimore Ravens second was last year. So you get to pick a little earlier in the second round and the Chiefs have two thirds this year so I'm basically using one of those thirds and getting to Neil Hunter and moving back from pick 30 to pick I think it's 40 it may only be moving back 10 well, spots there so I like that yeah. here yeah. I so a similar you could go a similar approach here we'll just we'll just we'll just hey I love the draft trade chart it's like my favorite thing in the world yes so that's uh, you could trade pick 30 to Minnesota and get pick 77 back so you would trade your first and get a third back. You'd get, you know, pick 77. That's roughly the value of uh, roughly the value of like pick one or pick 44. So yeah. roughly around the same range of that Orlando Brown. Like, I think you could do something like that. I, I would be okay with that. Um, I'm curious if the Vikings are not going to want to do pick swap though. I kind of wonder it because they, they really, they only have three picks in the top 155. So you if you like chart stuff, so let me give you this. Von Miller was traded midseason, but Von Miller, coming off of injury-riddled seasons, went for a second and third in the upcoming draft. So are you offering a second and the polls comp pick for Daniil Hunter? Mm. Why is why is Daniel Hunter not younger than yeah. Von Miller? Not coming off injury, why would he be worth less than a second and a third? Unless it's just the neck, but I mean just. It's you're probably right. I mean, like, I think the, that's where you have to start, right? Like you're dealing with the neck injury and stuff like that. So, all right, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's probably about right. And you're looking yeah. at, I mean, that's yeah. Let's let me do the math on that. 
<laughs> while <laughs> while you're doing actually, the math, hey, that's, that's actually interesting. Hold on, interesting enough. Uh, that's actually less than what me and Craig offered. Hmm. Okay. Fair so yeah, okay. that's hey, less than what no. me and Craig offered. Oh, and and, I yeah. don't know that because yeah, I don't know the chart stuff or anything like that. So I mean, like yeah, that's what I'm saying is like that's where I think the negotiation has to start. He's younger; he could probably go for more. You're it, both guys are kind of like on the last year ish of what you're going to pay them on anyway when you trade for him. You're going to have to restructure them or play them out on one year. So like it seems relatively similar to start there as comp. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I mean, we need to get off defensive ends unless Craig's we got do. one more real thing. quick breaking news. We've got the Tyree Kill floor at the very least. Chris Godwin just got paid three years. $60 million, so 20 mil a year over three years. I think that I think that's fairly comfortably what Tyree Kill's floor is. I, he'll, he'll get above that. So, yeah, I, I don't think anybody suspected that it would be below that. He got that, less than Christian Kirk, so. He did get less than Christian Kirk. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 40, uh, $40 million but, fully yes. guaranteed at signing yeah. for Chris Godwin. As as Carter Kellogg just put in the chat right now, the Hill deal is probably coming soon now. That means wide receiver deal, wide receiver market is probably going to pick up. If you're seeing deals happen, that typically means the other ones will follow shortly after. So we may have a Tyree Kill deal coming in the in the near future here. So speaking of deals, I, mean, I want to quickly touch on this. We're getting lower. We know we've gone a little bit. We want to talk about some moves in free agency that we'd like to make. So I just want to, I'm going to gloss over these quickly and these two can add anything they want. Tyree kills, you know, extension is going to come sooner rather than later. The fact that they brought it back up now, rather than dragging it out. I think they know they need that for some of the money that they want to spend. Chris Godwin gives you a real contract. You can base it off not the Christian Kirkland, but a real one. <laughs> Allen Robinson, Tyree kill both should be coming soon. I think that's, this has been the hold up the entire time. You needed someone to go first. It was Godwin. So that's good. Tyree kills coming Patrick Mahomes. It sounds like there's a lot of confusion out there. The chiefs have to, they have to convert his money to the bonus, to his signing bonus by Friday, not Before. on Friday. Yeah, not on Friday. I think there's a time. So I or before like, maybe 3 o'clock on Friday. Yeah, it's unclear, like but yeah. <laughs> they do not have to let it hit before they convert it. They have to convert it before then. The Chiefs, in their infinite wisdom, like to let things ride out to the very last second that they need money. So the fact that they haven't done it yet doesn't mean Pat's not going to do it. It doesn't mean they're not thinking about not doing it. They just aren't going to do it until they need the money. That's why it hasn't happened. It will happen by Friday, I believe, at 3 p.m. Cool. Anything, anybody? Anybody? Next? <laughs> no. Okay. No, right. I'm in. It's going to happen. They're going to clear space, and then Tyreek's going to sign. They're going to clear more space this year. So what are they doing? What's happens. your first thing you want them to do with that space, Craig? You tell me. They're going to the trade for Daniil Hunter and absorb hit, and then convert the roster bonus. First and... non-defensive in thing they are going to oh. do with that space, Craig. Oh, man. Sign a wide receiver. Sign a wide receiver, too. I don't know if it's Allen Robinson. I don't know if it's Juju. Get somebody else on the books. Get somebody to take some heat off of Tyreek so he can be normal Tyreek effectiveness, not what we saw last year where he's kind of having to shorten things up. I, I want to see normal Tyreek again. I can I can tell you one thing they're not going to do. It's not one thing that we really haven't talked about. They're not going to invest in the cornerback position. I think we're going to have to wait until day three for the Chiefs to address the cornerback position and if they are, there's a guy that I bet he sticks. It's Jalen Watson out of Washington State cornerback. Maddie, what do you think about Jalen Watson? So Jalen Watson was a guy I hadn't watched until the senior bowl came around. But then I saw him and I saw this big, tall, long corner. But what really caught my eye were his feet. 
his feet moved really good for a big guy. So you add on, you know, the length, the physicality at the line of scrimmage to play press coverage. And then you add an active feet. Like I all of a sudden start to get a little bit excited. You go back and watch the film. And again, it's a big corner that can be physical, but has the feet to carry stuff vertical. I, immediately writing down great fit for the chiefs period. Yes, absolutely. I watched the Senior Bowl tape as well and took it to the chat, and Maddie and I immediately geeked out about the fact that this Washington State corner was playing with as light a feet as he was. He's got 32 and a quarter inch arms. He's 6'2", 197. He's a very big corner and will press. You've got safety help over the top with Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill. Get a guy underneath that can press. He's going to be a day three guy. I think he fits a lot. I think he sticks, Kent. I think he sticks too. And look, it is golf season. I took my set of sticks golf clubs out yesterday. Me and my kid went and swung at the driving range. And if you are looking for a set of golf clubs, it's coming up. The golf season's upon us. And if you fell in love with golf the same way I have the last couple of years, you're not going to find a better deal in golf than sticks. So go to sticks.golf. Use promo code KCSN10. You'll get 10% off of your order on a set of sticks golf clubs. You will not regret it. It's been a game changer for me. Uh, I hope it's a game changer for you. So yeah, sticks.golf, promo code KCSN10. All right. I made a joke about the cornerback position real quick. <laughs> Do we think that they're going to make a big move? Like I was right now. So here's the thing. I wrote, I wrote this you know, today, you know, it's the start of the new league year and you know, some of the cornerbacks, the the younger cornerbacks, the JC Jackson, Jackson's rest, rest in peace, Maddie. Um, those guys are gone. We're looking at a bunch of olds again at cornerback that could be serviceable. You saw Janoris Jenkins release and AJ Bouye release. I'm not even sure I can claim them as serviceable. I think Stefan Gilmore is the last, pretty good corner out there as far as a guy that can play outside. And then you're looking at the Patrick Peterson's of the world, the, the Janoris Jenkins of the world, AJ Bouye. Like, do we think we're, do you think we're heading towards one of these veteran corners arriving in Casey? Like if I said one of those four is going to be in Kansas city, give me the percentage chance that one of those four is here, Maddie. I don't know. 54%. And I don't care. <laughs> They're not good. Like I, I don't care to talk about the corner position and free agency anymore. Cause I have, I've literally fully, and this is the year that I thought they might spend. They chose to completely sit out of a very, 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 very affordable, very, very good cornerback class and weren't even linked. They don't care. As long as Steve Spagnuolo is your defensive coordinator, Brett Veach is your GM. They don't care about corners. They're going to get these cheap guys, veterans, not veterans. It doesn't matter. They're going to play some dude out there that punches somebody at the line of scrimmage, struggles to turn, then runs vertically, probably doesn't find the football, but he's not going to be challenged enough for it to matter except for three games a year. Yeah, I'm I'm more looking at the nickel corner market at this point. I mean, Tavon Young's still out there, maybe a guy that could that could fit while they try and find that guy on the outside that could play physical like a Jalen Watson or you know, maybe a guy in late day two or something like that. I'm looking for a guy that they can play effectively from the slot so Legarius Sneak can play outside. Steve Spagnolo just he wants safeties he he wants physical corners underneath and he wants safeties that can do a little bit of everything on the back end that's that's just kind of where we are at this point with this team and that's why you're not seeing this team make significant additions i i'm just very curious what a guy like Tavon austin 
who or Tavon Young. Sorry, not Austin. Oh, Tavon Young. It is. It's I, not an episode I, of the listen. KC Laboratory if Craig doesn't I'm get listening. a name wrong. Hey, everybody. My name's Craig. Um, <laughs> Tavon Young. I'm very curious to see what he gets because that slot corner market it, it kind of started about ten million dollars with Darius Williams today. Is Tavon Young going to get? eight or nine or is there going to be a cliff now all of a sudden because that was jacksonville paying that money and the actual value was closer to seven so if it's around five or six million dollars i can see the chiefs playing in it i know that's more than they've invested in anybody ever at the cornerback position to date but it is a position that i think matters because they've got so many holes out there at that in the secondary Okay. I think it'd be a good move. No, I think that'd be oh. a great move, but I think you I think 10 sounds about right for your top end slot corners right now. I know DJ Reed isn't a slot corner. I got yelled at for calling him that because he's 5'9, but I don't think any team but Seattle is going to play him purely on the outside. Then you come out, Darius Williams gets the same, says he had other offers. Like I think that is your value. So yeah, you're gonna play Tavon Young about that. But the position that I would look at, like my number one priority for the Chiefs this offseason, I think everyone's kind of caught up to it once the Raiders made the Chandler Jones thing. Right tackle. Go invest in a real right tackle. Lucas Yang might have been the answer, but he's injured all the time right now. You haven't got to see true linear development at this point in time. You need a right tackle, not a serviceable right tackle. Any other time, I would be all aboard a serviceable right tackle like Andrew Wiley, who the Chiefs did bring back. Good mm-hmm. good signing. Good or Lucas mm-hmm. Yang as he tries to develop. Or another mid-round draft pick, I'd be all aboard. I don't think you can survive the AFC like that if you're the Chiefs. You need to go get someone. Leal Collins, available for trade. Not that expensive. $10 million, you can afford that with two rookies, or whether he's cut or you go trade for him. Billy Turner, going to be less than that. Morgan Moses signed a three-year, $5 million you know, per year. Yeah, yeah, $5 million per year yeah. uh, to play right tackle. I was like, that's a great deal. You want to go get Trent Brown for even double that? You can afford it. Do it. Go get any right tackle you can find that is a plus starter right now. If you're the Chiefs, get out ahead of everybody else in the AFC West in that department. That is the first call that I am making on the Chiefs. Before receiver, before corner, before anything else, get me a right tackle. Billy Turner would be the first guy I called. I would worry about Leal Collins. The one issue with all these guys is age because they're all about 28 or older. But guess what? The one position apparently age doesn't matter is offensive line because they tried to go for Trent Williams, older. Joe Tooney turned 29 the year they signed him to huge money. Apparently, offensive line's the one position that we're okay with paying older guys, and that makes sense. I mean, you have a lot of it offensive does. tackles paying playing late into their 30s. Well, and here's here's the interesting thing, because the right tackle market specifically has been flooded uh, with some older vets. And obviously, all these guys have varying levels of ability left in them. But Brian Blog released. Daryl Williams released by Buffalo. Uh, Billy Turner, I believe. Well, was Billy Turner released? I believe is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Marcus Cannon. Re- I mean, re- he was released. There, there's at least names uh, that have been kind of, you know, that have been kind of, uh, you know, added into the right tackle market. I think there's still value there, but the Chiefs just signed Andrew Wiley, so I have no clue. Well, for two million dollars, though, yeah, that's not. I don't think know. that's procu- Yeah, be, I don't think I'll, that's precluding them from that. I thought, I thought, I thought Wiley would get a little bit more. I thought what so too. Got too. So like, Austin I mean, Blythe got $4 million today. Can we Seattle. talk about Austin Blythe hitting the compensatory yeah. formula? Well, the Chiefs no, currently we have a, no, the Chiefs <laughs> currently have a six round pick because their backup offensive lineman that I'm not even sure played this year or barely played this year wound up uh, making $4 million. Okay. I have one more question for you guys before we get out of here. Cause I do want to circle back to pass rush really quick before we're done. We talked about Daniil Hunter. 
Okay. I'm looking at I'm looking at if if not Daniil Hunter then who? J- Jason Pierre Paul, 33 years old, old. Jadavian Clowney. I don't want to touch Jadavian Clowney. Uh, a lot of young light pass rushers. Here's the one. <laughs> this is the one that scares me. Do you know where I'm going with this, Maddie? Nah. There is a pass rusher, albeit underperforming, uh, with a track record. Uh, or with you know, he's young. He he has the pedigree of a first round pick. Uh, he had a really bad year last year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Are they going to sign Derek Barnett? Oh. <laughs> no, nah, they're not. No, I don't think so. Um, defensive end, I don't think there's a move that matters that is coming. I, you could maybe argue Melvin Ingram because he was here. You could maybe make a case for Trey Flowers because he has like the the relationship with Brendan Daly, but I don't think either guy moved the needle. I actually think if they were going to spend money, I think they'd rather spend money at defense and nose tackle, defensive tackle to pair with Christian. Mm-hmm. They might do the Jerron Reed move again and go sign Matt Ionitis. Sign me up. That'd be a great move. Barely, mm-hmm. great move. Barely under, you know, what the age limit they need is. But for a shorter term deal, he's a guy that would make sense. And in attacking system, he had success as a pass rusher in the past. So we, there's some sense there. Now, I don't think the Jaron Reed move technically worked like it wasn't what they wanted paired next to chris jones but i think ionitis is one a better player i don't i think jaren reed got a little overrated as we headed into the year last year based on one flash of a season and two sorry craig and hey. two, i think Ionitis <laughs> better. it's like that's the guy that i would spend money on along the off defensive line uh i would even sign just a true run plugging nose tackle before i would spend money on anybody that you said at defensive end. yeah yeah fair. now now see in before the chief's trade a fifth-round draft pick for Clolin Farrell. Let's get out of here. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much. Uh, if you have been watching this show, please hit the subscribe button. We'd really appreciate that. goes a long way in helping us grow the channel. Also, please consider purchasing the KCSN Draft Guide. Link is in the description of this show. We'll catch you later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.